What's up, what's up, everybody? It's Danny Green here, back with more Inside the Green Room. It is uh, new, about to be a new year. Uh, happy holidays and Merry Christmas. So we have a yearly end take on what we've, I guess, been through and been over this past year. And we have a lot of other things to discuss that have happened in the last couple of weeks. So, H, let's get right into it, man. What you got? Let's get into it, my friend. Again, happy holidays to everybody. Uh, thank you again for everybody uh, who's been rocking with the podcast since uh, since Danny turned to Grizzly, since the beginning of the year. And uh, I hope you're excited about what we got tuned up for 2023. Should be uh, a fun year for everybody involved. And it should be a fun year, Danny, because once again, my friend, you are in the middle of some of the best drama in the NBA. Always. Before it was before it was Ben Simmons, and we'll get to Ben Simmons and the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers later in the show. Then before that, it was, you know, obviously the unfortunate time with the Lakers and the passing of Kobe Bryant, which is a different type of drama. And then you had the whole Kawhi thing uh, with the Toronto Raptors uh, when you ended up going there. We're going to talk about the Raptors, too. Uh, but first, let's talk about the drama that you're currently in now. Probably the best team in the NBA at uh working their chops, being vocal about their uh, ambitions. The Memphis Grizzlies uh -huh. said a number of things that uh, caught the national headlines over the past week leading into their Christmas game. Yeah. Whether it was whether it was Ja Morant, not worried about anybody in the West, or if it's Mr. Inspector, Clay Thompson, digging back into the files and finding <laughs> a Dylan Brooks quote where he said that the Memphis Grizzlies were building a dynasty, which was something he said back in March 2022. Um, it all came to a head Christmas Day, where I thought you guys were going to have a nice showing against the Warriors. It did not turn out to be that way in the box score. One word to describe the Grizzlies' Christmas Day experience, Danny. Um, disappointing. I mean, any other word to just to describe a loss like that on Christmas is, uh, I mean, it's hard to, I guess there's a multitude of words you can use, but I think all around, I think that was the vibe. That was the feel. That was the atmosphere of the locker room. Um, by the end of the game, you know, we, we had a challenge to step up to, especially a, a very good team, regardless of who's on the floor or not, but without their superstars, uh, or, you know, some of their better players, Steph Curry and Andrew Wiggins, um, I, we felt we didn't step up to the challenge the way we needed to or the way we should have. And that wasn't just on Christmas Day, but the road trip. We went one and mm. three on this road trip, and a lot of it was disappointing. You know, obviously Denver, another top team in the West. Uh, Golden State, top team in the West, or top team last year, defending champs, and a very good team. Um, OKC, another team. So we pretty much only one game out of those four, you know, played up the way we know we were capable of, and that was against Phoenix who was down a man as well. They were down Devin Booker, who might be out and probably will be out again when we play them this upcoming week. Um, so, yeah, all around, all in all, it, it was disappointing. So, you know, we, we feel like if we want to be one of those teams that we speak about, can't just do it with words. We have to do it with actions. And all the things that have come up in the media um, outside of ourselves, obviously we they're watching everything we do from tunnel dances to quotes to podcasts to media things. Uh, first and foremost, congratulations, John Morant, on your new signature shoe deal. Uh, it was amazing to see. And, you know, obviously, Kari, who other than to present it to him, uh, but his last interview, 
You know, Shannon Sharp had something to say. You know, Clay had some receipts. They all have receipts, and they have a lot of things that um, some of our guys have said in the past that they pulled receipts on. I know Clay pulled some receipts on Jaron um, in the past in the playoffs. Um, so they remember it, and they're, they're watching us. They know what's going on. They know who's coming. They know we're a threat. They know we're capable, um, but they know we're not there yet. And for us to act like we are, they are 100% correct. We are not there yet, and we cannot speak it only without, you know, backing it up with action. Um, so, yeah, I agree with every a lot of the things that all those guys have said, you know, from Shannon Sharp to Clay, that it takes a lot of dedication and commitment, and we can't just go out there and speak it. We have to go out there and do it. Um, but in the same breath, I will say that, you know, how else is Josh supposed to feel? He's a very confident young man and very uh, he's a good player, superstar, and, and he's confident in his team. So that's how he should speak. Um, you know, it's a different type of times now. You don't have to be old school. You don't have to be speak softly uh, and carry a big stick, as a lot of people would say. Uh, pause. But, hey, you know, guys go with things, go about things differently. You know, they don't have to be quiet. It's not about those. It's not those times anymore. So Josh was, be, you know, who he is. He wouldn't be him if he didn't speak how he spoke. Dylan the same way. You know, the guys are very confident, but the same breath, you know, these were great tests for us. We know we can get better. We will get better from them, learn from them. Uh, we did not, but the same breath said they were dis disappointing and we didn't set up the challenge, but it is something that will help us in the long run. And hopefully we get, you know, back into rhythm. Dez just came back, you know, to second game back and get hundred percent healthy and guys will, you know, learn from this to, I guess, you know, not speak so much before, you know, I guess, you know, backing up with our actions. I mean, that's something that I guess I could come in as a vet to try to provide that um, that knowledge. Um, we know, I think they're all understanding, you know, don't mess with the basketball gods. If you don't do things the right way, things will turn on you. And, you know, said so don't count your eggs before they hatch. But, you know, we're not there yet. So we have a, a ways to go, but I think we will get there. And it's something to learn from. So I think from here on out, we're. I think we, I would hope that we're just about our business and not about, you know, talking. So, We'll see how it goes from here. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm of the mindset that I, I don't really, again, I'm not a basketball player. I'm, I work in the media. So I like it when players talk. <laughs> it, makes, no, it makes our job easier. With that being said, I'm not going to be mad or disappointed or, uh, you know, make negative comments about players talking. Mm -hmm. uh, because, again, I want them to be confident. I want them to talk. And... To be honest with you, it'd be great if players talked and backed it up. That that's that's great entertainment for me. That's great. That's a great story, um, yeah. because again, a lot of the the way that Job probably talked, the way that Dylan mentioned the dynasty, that's probably just how they feel on the inside. And I'm sure almost every team that's a good team or a, a, a pending great team feels that way. It's just for that sure. sometimes they just don't get the microphone to say it. Yeah, the the, the platform. Um, you can exactly. look at both sides of the spectrum, man, and. I love both sides. You know, I like teams that are quiet and handle the business. I like teams that are confident themselves and talk a little trash, talk a little shit, and we'll get up in your face and let you know this is what we're about. And that's who we are. And that's how they are. They're not going to change who they are. And, and I think it's more of an old school feel. And I, I think that needs some of that needs to come back more to the game. It makes the game more exciting. It makes it more competitive. It makes it a lot more fun. You know, back in the day, they used to talk a lot more trash. Now it's like, don't wake the sleeping bear. You know what I'm saying? And they're like, no, nah, we're not scared of anybody. We're not going to back down anybody. So, I see both sides of the spectrum. I respect it. I like it. I'm a part of it. It's a different thing for me because we didn't do that in San Antonio. We didn't do it in other places, but I'm all for it. We know we have a target on our backs and we're embracing it and we're not backing down or scared of anybody. And we're okay with speaking up first, but we, now we have to take actions to back it up. And that's the next step for us. We have to continue to, to, to back it up with our play. 
Yeah, again, it, it becomes even sweeter when you do back it up. With that being said, team did not back it up. And I think I'm I think I'm starting to I think I'm yeah, I mean it's a, again, it's a regular season game, it really matters in yeah. the playoffs. But I Danny, I think I'm starting to understand. Remember when you got traded to the Grizzlies or even mm-hmm. back when back when the season was over in Philadelphia and you mentioned the Grizzlies as one of those teams that you know we should be watching out for, you said they just have to mature. Yep. And I think during this road trip, I finally understood, at least I think I understand what you meant by mature. Handful of possessions, if not more, I saw the foul trouble really getting to Dylan books and Jaron Jackson yeah. love Jaron Jackson. Shout out Jaron Jackson for signing my brother's uh, birthday gift. The first time I've ever asked an athlete for an autograph. I appreciate <laughs> you, my guy. Um, with that being, uh, he, again, my brother goes, my brother went to Michigan state. So it's a whole go green, go white thing. You guys can do better with your <laughs> champ, your team champ. But that's another story for another day. Um, but again, so he goes for these blocks and, you know, the referees don't, you know, I, we all love seeing somebody go for, for every block, but that was a result in foul trouble. And yeah. you're not going to beat the Warriors, especially if they're humming or Jaron Jackson playing 20 minutes. Same yeah. thing could be said for Dylan Brooks. I know for he sure. wants to lock. I know he wants to lock up Clay Thompson. I know he wants to lock up Jordan Poole. And I know you want, he wants to be aggressive, get some steals. But when you try and go for all those steals or those blocks or be aggressive, you pick up those quick two fouls. Now, now you're taking out the game. And when you come back, now you're pressing. Now you're not in rhythm. And I don't think maybe they understand, but they just haven't applied how important they are to the team, even if they're not shooting well, but just their presence on the court uh, being there, even if Jaron doesn't get every block. Just his presence there makes a difference. And they've taken themselves out of games. And so the Nuggets game and also uh, this game against the Warriors basically took themselves out the game because when they got back in, they started pressing. Uh, bad shot attempts, uh, you know, uninspired sure. field goal attempts. What, what, what would you say to them in this? Are, I, I'm assuming you agree. And what would you, how do you operate past this moment now? I, I do agree. And I have spoken to both of them. You know, Dylan, as being our primary defender on ball, you he can be physical, but he has to pick and choose his moments. Just like with Trip, you know, big shout out to both of them. They're up for defensive play of the year because I think they both are very well deserving. Since Jaren's come back, our defense has gone, you know, way up in, in that aspect. We've held teams to a better, you know, efficiency on that end of the floor type thing. So, and Dylan, night in, night out, does hasn't missed many games, is guarding the primary guy and has, you know, done a really good job on the primary guy. Um, that just goes to show you, for, for us being great, we need those two guys on the floor, just their presence. And when they're not on the floor, it helps. It also takes them out of rhythm. So when they come back in, they're taking those shots. As say so we're down, we're in panic. Well, especially when a team like Golden State, when they have their bench playing the way they're playing, we need those guys on the floor, like you said. And I've talked to Jaron about picking and choosing his moments. You can't go for every shot because sometimes you take yourself out of the play. And also you take yourself out of the game when you get certain fouls. Some things you have to let go. I mean, you're in foul trouble. You have three or four fouls already. You might have to let those two points go because we need you on the floor. You're more important than that that one bucket. Same with Dylan Brooks. It was great of defense he's playing, and even offensively, another threat for us. Um, you know, maybe he's not used to being the superstar. He's not a superstar, but for us, he's a big piece to our puzzle and what we do. We need him on the floor. 
So regardless if he's a superstar or not, he is a superstar piece in our system to to get to to achieve what we want to achieve. And we can't have him off the floor. You know, if Dez is struggling a little bit, if Josh struggling a little bit, we need that defense of impact. And that's those are two guys, those are two superstars on that end of the floor. They've been killing it all year. We need him to continue to do that, especially when we're not shooting well. We're not shooting well from three. And that's usually been the game for us. When we when the other team makes a lot of threes and we don't shoot well from three, those are the games we usually lose. It's because we're either in foul trouble or not defending the three-point line well enough. We need those two guys. We need Dylan out there to send them to the rim and get them up the three-point line. And we need Tripp out there to protect the rim and also rebound. Um, so, yes, a number of things, a number of ways to look at it. But at the end of the day, we need those guys to be smarter, more mature, picking and choosing moments when to be physical, when to block a shot, and when to just let a play go because it's not worth it, you know, to go for that basket or that block or that steal when it's, you know, it's two points when we need you for the rest of the game. It'll save us more minutes of you being on the floor for us where we can give ourselves a chance to stay close and be in that game to the end of the game. Yeah, for sure. And I thought, you know, it was the first time that like, oh, this is obviously there's different types. You know, when you say the word maturity, some people might think it's, oh, don't dance before the game. Or some people might think, for don't sure. say this in the media. They could simply be, no, nah, bro, just keep, just make sure you 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 take the best shots and make the best plays defensively on the court. So again, maturity, yeah, exactly. Be smart. So on my the court. thing is, yeah, talk your talk your shit, man. Do your dances, have your fun. Uh, but when it comes down to business, be ready for business. And if we're not taking care of business, then maybe we might need to cut back on some of those things. But right now, you know, we 50-50. We've been up and down, you know, you know, inconsistent. Obviously, we had some injuries, but I said, I don't mind you guys have I don't mind the fun. I don't mind any, I don't think coach does either. But we have to back it up. And that means when it comes down to business, we got to be one of those more mature, smarter teams and execute for 48 or for longer periods of time, not just offensively, but defensively. And that comes into not making silly plays, silly fouls, and having our best guys on the floor when we need them there. There's been too many times again. And also, another thing that's hurt us is free throws and technicals. <laughs> we've given up a lot of technicals and we've missed a lot of free throws. So those are a couple of things I'm sure all the coaching staff are looking at that we need to clean up and be better with it. We're going to get the short end of the whistle a lot of times, especially be, being on the road. It's going to happen. You know, they're not perfect. We got to play through it. We got to ignore it. They're not going to change the call. Then you got to continue to play basketball because giving technicals, all it does is change momentum and it puts us down another point. So we got to, you know, a couple of things that we need to look at, a couple of things we need to fix on. I'm sure these are all things that we've all discussed. Um, coaches discuss with them and, you know, he's doing a great job with that. But it takes time, and that's that's, that's the maturing part of it uh, on all on all, all levels, all aspects of our team and our group. And you know, we're kind of we're starting to. I think guys since last year have gotten a little better, but we still have a ways to go. Uh, Danny, I don't know if you uh, played the Mariah Carey uh, track. Not for, yet. We were for, supposed to. The so guys. Christmas Day was supposed to going to happen after the win. That's when I was going to do it. Ah, but. It didn't turn out that way. Um, it didn't happen that way. Um, so I'll have to play. We have Secret Santa tomorrow. So we'll be in the locker room. We'll actually be, in, we've been on the road for so long. I've been able in the locker room on the aux cord to play it. So we'll have a walkthrough and then hopefully through the walkthrough, I'll be able to play some of it or we'll see how it goes to start a fresh new positive atmosphere before we get into the game against Phoenix. So we'll, we'll see how it goes tomorrow. Yeah, I, I was also going to say you could have also played uh, I, I guess I'm giving a lot of musical references nowadays. Uh, you could play, you could play uh, one of my favorite albums of the year, 2022, uh, Simba. Uh, results uh, take time is the name of one. the album. Results so take songs. time. I, I'm with the Simba. I'm with the Simba movement. He's a very good artist. 
old school guy. Very, even though he's from, I think he's from California, the Bay, or or wherever he's from, maybe mm-hmm. Oakland. I think he uh, reminds me of a New York type of rapper. Um, so I am a fan. Um, but my other suggestion outside of Mariah Carey was the Sweet Yams <laughs> song. I don't know if you heard it. The Yams Challenge song. You haven't heard it yet, man. You're uh, behind, kid. Nah, you go I, ahead and I, download I, it. It is a good song for you to have for your holidays, kid. Where, where, I'm, where I'm from, I would take a totally different interpretation of what that song means. But I'm referring to Simba. Can results. I get to the, yeah, no, can <laughs> I get to the yams? <laughs> yeah. You got to know uh, what uh, it is after this, after this podcast. Memphis Grizzlies on the team soundtrack uh, should be Simba, results, take time. That's, I think that's a good one to... Motivational uses. All right. We'll uh, again, we'll and, as it, and, and as it pertains to those Dylan Brooks fouls too, um, you look back, uh, I remember your time with the Lakers vividly. And I remember if you caught those two fouls in the first half, bro, hard sledding after. Yeah. I mean, especially. Over. Yeah. <laughs> so, Rhythmly, rhythm-wise for me, it just took me, even in San Antonio, it just takes you out of a rhythm as a player and it, helped, it hurts the defense. It hurts a lot of what we're doing. You know, obviously in San Antonio, we're deep. We had some people. And Toronto, we were deep, even but even still, when that took me out of the game, it took us. A, I was a big part of what we did defensively in Toronto, um, in LA. We had some, we had a lot of depth, but it took me for sure out of rhythm when I get two fouls or so. Uh, mind you, said just the minutes itself in general was already trying to. We played so many guys, it was already hard then. But getting two fouls, it takes you out of rhythm and it changes the whole pace flow of the game, uh, offensively of, of rotational minutes with certain players, certain groups together. Yep, for sure, for sure. So again, you live, you, you could, uh, one of my favorite phrases, uh, Danny, uh, in order to learn, you must live. So uh, there goes a big learning experience uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies. I also think, I'm also, it was interesting, uh, as now you're, you're the elder statesman of this team, I thought it would have been cool if this, now obviously you were with the Philadelphia 76ers back last year, and around, I believe it was April, you finally got your championship ring from the Toronto Raptors, the championship ring from 2019. Thanks to COVID and things of that nature, you never got it. And I thought what would be cool is if actually it was you didn't get your ring then and you actually got it this upcoming week because you are going to Toronto to take on the Raptors. Mm-hmm. And that would have been this. This is the team that really needs to see you get your ring to kind of remind them of uh what you know what it what it looks like what it could feel like sure. uh one uh i'm wondering uh how what what are your thoughts first of all just going back to toronto again this time you're not looking forward to getting a ring uh you're just going there you're just going there you're not playing you're just going there to be there now it's going to feel sure. a little bit i wonder how what do you, yeah go ahead uh it's um i think Every team or any team that hasn't won one or hasn't had many experience on a championship winning team should be a part of that experience. So I think Philly for sure needed it. And I think it was better than because I was playing then. Right now I'm not playing at all, you know, so it's a little tougher to receive a ring. But I think, yes, Philly for sure, that group definitely needed to see what it took, you know, to be like, all right, let's hungry. This is something I want. This is something we can do, we can accomplish and, you know, to keep refocus on that. And that was right before the playoffs. So I thought it was a perfect time to have the ring ceremony was with Philly right before playoffs and we were about to play Toronto in that first series. So that was, I thought that was great timing. Obviously this team is another team that should probably should experience it. Would I would love to have experience with them so they can see like, oh, this is what hard work, this is what commitment, this is what it all, you know, 
comes down to. This is what you, you know, this is what it pays off to. Um, but unfortunately, we're not able to. But it's going to be a lot different. Instead of being in the building, not receiving a ring, um, and not playing. Um, but I'd still assume and hope that there'll still be a lot of love. There'll still be, you know, familiar, a lot of people will show, uh, you know, a lot of love outside of the, the arena as well, wherever we go to eat or hang out as a group. Um, but it'll just be a different feel being in that arena and not playing just like any other arena. Um, when I went back to San Antonio, it's always a home feel, but it's, it's, it's strange when you're playing and when you're not playing. So it's just a different feel. And it's just going to make me more antsy to want to get back on the court. Um, I'm not trying to rush anything, but I do know that's going to make me like, oh, man, I wish even when I'm playing these teams that we played in the, this past you know, road trip, it's gonna, it made me like, man, I got to get healthy. We come back to both these cities in a month or so. I want to play back in Phoenix. I want to play in Golden State, you know, before we get to that. So those are those are goals and targets of mine. Uh, but at the same time, it's got to be smart and try not to rush it. So it'll be one of those feelings that'll that'll give me even more of an itch to get back and try to play sooner than than I should be. Yeah, for sure. We'll we'll get to your rehab uh, here in just a moment. But I do have a suggestion. I do mm -hmm. hope that when you so I like how you selectively decide when to pull out the championship blink. <laughs> I think it, it all depends on outfits and cities, I guess. Um, I, when I did pull it out one time, they thought I was flexing on them. I wasn't trying to flex <laughs> on the team. I wasn't trying to flex on the team. But, you know, I was just, I guess, giving them an inside look on what it looks like and what, you know, what you want might want to achieve. So, you know, maybe they, some of them took it that way, some of them different. But it, it is selective on how I, when I do bring it out, uh, you know, certain instances, certain cities, or certain teams, certain games. So we'll see how select that. I don't think I'll because they said they thought I was flexing on. I don't know if I'll bring it out again, um, but you know it's usually wifey's pendants that she she allows me to wear them sometimes. So yeah, um, we'll see how that goes the next time that I decide to pull it out. I think I think because you just got the ring from Toronto, this is your first time back as a ring bearer. I think <laughs> you're. It's ring think it's. I think it's fair game to cross the border with at least the champ with at least some Toronto Raptor bling memorabilia on your person and you so? and, and if and if, and if they think you're flexing well tell them to tell them to get on your level and that's it that's uh, that's, that's, nah, that's i that. can't do that i can't do that nah. <laughs> i'm not that's here that. to flex on anybody i'm not here to i'm flex not saying you're I, see, I don't think you're i don't think you're flexing i just think you're commemorating the time for sure i'm gonna you okay don't bring out all three that's 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 a little aggressive <laughs> but i think you just bring out the rapper stuff i think it's fair game Maybe, maybe we'll see, man. We'll see how the fit. It all depends on the fit, too. You know, so sometimes uh, the fit. Let the fit match the match is, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it, it calls for a certain type of pendants to come out, certain type of jewelry to come out. Uh, but usually, when I do bring them out, I don't, I don't segregate them, man. I, I keep them all together, pimp. Uh, you know what I'm saying they, they, they share a room. They share, you know, what I'm saying they share, they share the same attention. I don't isolate them. <laughs> I keep them together. So usually, and I don't wear the rings. The rings are too big. They're ridiculous. But I'll wear the pendants, and I usually wear all three of them together. Well, you know, you would have a championship jacket, but you just decided to give that to Scotty Barnes for no damn reason. But that's, that's another that's, story. Listen, there's other jackets that can be made, man. You know what I'm saying? We know Jeff Hamilton. It's my dog. We can get one with all three teams on there, or depending on when the storybook is ended, we can put on how many teams that I win them with. That's the jacket that I want. Nah, I did want the Toronto jacket, but Scotty Barnes, special player. He asked me nicely, thought he was a good kid, reminded me of a younger brother. I said, you know what, young fella, here you go. Since, you know, you asked nicely and I do believe what you better make sure you make your mark in this league. And so far he's doing very good so, uh, thus far. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Looking forward to uh, to watching that game. I always keep my eye 
on uh, the Toronto Raptors for sure. I wish I could make the trip, but oh, yeah. your boy will be it's working. A, it's a damn so, shame we only go there once too, man. I know. It is a shame. It is a shame. For those of you who are who might be interested, uh, I will be on Amazon Sports uh, Thursday and Friday morning on their Bonjour Sports Talk, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. So a little bit different uh, for me. If you'd like to check in and see some of my other sports coverage that does not involve Danny and does not involve sports betting. So there's that. And that's why I'm not going. Uh, so you got to do what you got to do. And I'm excited hey. for it. Good for you, With, big time, big time. You're still doing big time things. Just trying brother. to, just trying to be somebody. Uh, We're proud of you, on this somebody. end. Thank you, sir. All right, uh, let's. So let's go get. Let's also get back into it. So uh, this is kind of like a year in review. So we've kind of reviewed your times or looked ahead at rather yet with uh, the Memphis Grizzlies and kind of reflected on what your impact might be there. We we rehashed uh, some of your times in Toronto. Actually, you know what? One word. One word, real quick. Describe uh, the emotions of getting your ring the first time. Ooh. One word. In San Antonio? No, no, no. Sorry, Toronto. Oh, man. Um, a little nervous, a little nerve-wracking. I mean, like, I got one to L.A. There wasn't many fans. It was still closed to the public. In San Antonio, we did it start of the following season, which was exciting. A lot of fun. I got a chance to cheer us on as a group. So doing it individually as one in front of a bunch of fans was very different. It was new for me. Um, but, you know, I was looking forward. I'd waited two years. <laughs> I was very much looking forward to it. I was excited finally to get the ring and to be able to show it off to my teammates and let them know, look, this is something we can achieve. When we were, I was in Philly at the time, this is something we can achieve. This is something that we can do and go get it. And, you know, here's the motivation. Here's what all you need to see. Um, so that was that was what was in my mind. And also finally get to receive my ring and be in Toronto where they showed a lot of love. And I was just hoping that I played a good game because you never know. You might play terribly. You might play amazing. And I thought I played a, a decently well game um, at that that point. And this is right before playoffs. So, yeah. um, yeah, it was a lot of emotions going through your, your mind and body during that time. But it was a lot of good emotions. And I had fun. They did a great tribute video. It was beautiful. I enjoyed it. It was amazing. And, um, you know, I, I always can't wait to go back to the city every chance I get. Yeah, now you 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 were you were hooping uh, some of the best basketball that you've played. I think the the one of the best stretches you had uh, I th was when there was those wealth of injuries with the Philadelphia 76ers, your first year there because of COVID and all those things. I think you mm -hmm. one game you tied Dana Barris's record for most threes in the game, and then your bet your next best stretch, in my opinion at least, was when you came in and basically. Um, had to take up for all of those minutes from Matisse Thibault really started with that trip to Toronto. You had a really good stretch to end the season. And then, unfortunately, game six, second round uh, versus Miami Heat happened, which leads me to my next uh, question here. And as we kind of look back and everything that's happened over the past year, the torn ACL and LCL injury that happened in game six of the Eastern Conference, Eastern Conference semifinals uh one word describe what that moment was and then we'll I'll ask you some more questions to follow up man uh as soon as it happened i knew it was like it was just whew, it's hard to describe said one word or, or put it in uh, a multitude of sentences or comments or whatever you want to put it i just it, it just was a, a big blow uh emotionally because i knew once it happened it was over and i just kept saying first i thought it was i don't know if i described the story 
on air before. I think I might have, but I thought it was like dislocated or broken. And I was like, pop it back in, pop it back in. When I looked, my leg was straight, but I knew it was over. I heard everything like shatter, rip, tear, pop, however you want to call it. I heard a lot of that. And then after a while, I was like, you know what? Maybe I can stand up. Once I tried to stand and it buckled, I had no nothing underneath me. I was like, oh, man, this is this is ugly. Um, but that day I had more hope because throughout that night I didn't have I had swelling, but it, it wasn't that painful. So I'm like, all right, maybe it's not as bad. And hopefully I can get back in like three or four months, maybe some small minor surgery type thing. Uh, but yeah, it, it, once I got the news, I was like, damn, they're like, yeah, it was going to take a year. I was like, at 34, 35, that, that, that is a that's, a, that's a tough one. That's a tough one to swallow, man. Tough pill to swallow. Pause. But um, yeah, it was just a, an emotional time. And it was like, all right, you have some decisions to make. What are you going to do? And obviously me, the competitive in me is like, you know what? Of course I'm going to play. Like I feel I have a lot of years left. There's no challenge I can't come back from. Um, you know, sometimes like, you might want to retire. You might want to do this. You might want to get into coaching. You might... But no, nah, I feel like I'm still, even though it's older as a player, I feel like I'm still young. I'm young as a person, but I'm not young as a player, but I'm not that old. So I still have some time. It's hard to to describe that for certain people. They don't really understand who don't know basketball that well. Um, but yeah, there was a challenge for me this summer to try to get back. And I was going to say, you know what, once I made the decision, I'm going to get back as soon as I possibly can. You know, it started from there and then rehab hours and hours and still um, it's kicking my ass right now, but I'm still hours and hours of rehab. We're at a really good place. I don't like to jinx it. I talked about it the other day on ESPN that I've been playing, doing some workouts on court and playing some one-on-ones and hopefully we're a couple months out. But I, for, other than that, I don't like to give too much of a, you know, this is where we're targeting. This is the date or this is, but so far we're on a really good pace of doing what my goals were to set out to from the beginning. Yeah, for sure. So you kind of recap what happened there in that moment. Um, and just, yeah, forward, fo fo forward focusing now, uh, one thing. So do you, I know you have a goal, um, and mm -hmm. I know you've been asked it so much that eventually I think it came out that you, you know, you want to be around hopefully, you know, February ish around that mm -hmm. time. Do you feel as if, again, and this is going back to the, well, maybe the theme that we started the podcast with results take time, uh, do you feel as if you might be pushing it? I was listening to the Zach Lowe podcast, uh, former, sure. pod, former, former uh, guest on the show, shout out to Zach Lowe. Uh, and he had a guest on and they were discussing Joe Ingles come back from the yeah. ACL injury. And Joe Ingles is back and playing now. And Joe yeah. Ingles has registered uh, the fastest return from an ACL injury in the history of, I guess, NBA injury really? tracking. Yes, it's the fastest return. Yes, the fastest return. Um, and so, and now you you would be on if if you came back by that time, you 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 set a new mark for that. Mm -hmm. Do you do you find that encouraging? Do you find that like, oh, okay, well maybe I maybe I don't need to maybe I don't need to push as much. Like, how do you when you hear that? How do you mm -hmm. evaluate where you are and what your goals are? I mean, my goals don't change regardless of what the other people think or say nor am I trying to break records here I'm just trying to be where I feel like I can be mentally and physically and emotionally and for me the bigger picture is to be ready not just by ready by playoffs but be in a rhythm and have chemistry by playoffs so I want to give myself time to be acclimated with this group and both have time and minutes on the floor behind the wheel with them and for me to get used to them and them get used to me um, you know well before not well before but you know good enough time before playoffs to where 
we have a, you know, a gel, we have a system, we have a feel, a good feel for each other to we're comfortable and that we're confident going into the playoffs, you know, and I may or may not, hopefully I am in that rotation to where I can be effective and be a big piece and hopefully playing at the level that I was. And that's hard to do. So my goal is just to be back to be playing level that I was playing at um, defensively more so than anything, because offensively, there wasn't a lot for me that I needed to do was space the floor, run corner to corner, you know, cut back door, fake back door, that, et cetera. But defensively, the bubble help guys like Dylan Brooks and Jaron Jackson and everybody else on the floor. So we'll guard out there and give them some relief when they do get in foul trouble or whatever it may be, but be that other secondary defender to be able to, you know, make it tougher on guys like Jordan Poole, Steph Curry. But what's, but for me, it says my reaction time, change the direction, my, my reflexes. That's what makes me who I am. I'm not the most athletic. I'm not the fastest. I'm not the strongest. But I had pretty good reflexes and were able to, you know, get off the floor quick or adapt or change direction or anticipate. So if I feel comfortable doing that, that's when I know that I'm kind of ready. Um, but all the historic things, it would be great to make history, but that's not the goal for me. It's not to make history in terms of coming back, uh, but to just be back and healthy and to not push it. Now, obviously, we are pushing it, but we're pushing it at a healthy, good, steady pace to where, you know, where it's ready and where it won't be re-injured again. But for me, yeah, it's just being you know, being in that space to where I feel comfortable to be able to, I can play at a level defensively to where I'm not a liability on the floor, where I'm back to very close to where I was before. Cause I know it's tough as you get older, it's even harder, but to be able to guard and be, you know, that defender, a secondary defender um, is where my goal is. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, I remember looking at some of the defensive statistics uh, from last year, like a bunch of graphs, and uh, Matisse Thibel obviously outpaced a bunch of people in the NBA with his deflections and blocks and steals. But you were pretty much up there, too, in terms of uh, weight miles covered as a defender while also accumulating steals, blocks, deflections, things of that nature. So it would be nice to see you back at that level. That was uh, especially this part of your career. If you're still a plus secondary defender, that is very valuable. Obviously, we all counting on the threes to hit. So. Uh, not a bad position to be in uh, for sure. And I do think you're right. Like I know, like at your age, you could hang it up, but you could be very valuable for a very long time. Um, and that's the goal, man. Try to get back there. Yeah. You know, try my best to get back there. And obviously not the sooner. I mean, for me, of course, as a player, you just want to get on the floor as soon as possible, but as in a safe soon or safe early, uh, I guess, approach the earliest we can get there for me, um, you know, I don't, to, I don't want to take my time, but I, I want to be able to be smart about it, but be there as soon as I possibly can be, but comfortably and where I feel physically, I guess, stable enough to where I know, you know what, this is safe. And I, I don't think that, and the medical staff thinks that I won't re-tear it and that uh, things will go well. And I'm pr playing pretty good at where I, you know, where I was to last year. It's hard to compare because you don't have the numbers, not all the numbers from last year before the injury, um, in terms of strength wise with the muscles and knee, but mm -hmm. yeah, I want to be, you know, close enough, if not better in terms of strength wise, I know I won't be athletic or put, catch or put back dunks or anything like that. But as long as I'm able to play defense, that that's what gives it, you know, gives me the, the stable or comfort. Once the guys start picking me out, like, Oh, pick it, put him in pick and roll, or, you know, we're going to ISO him. That's when I'll probably start to think about hanging it up. Cause I'm not, try I just have too much pride to be one of those guys. That's a defensive liability out there. You yeah, know, I feel that for sure. Um, all right, so you you dropped the you dropped the gem on the ESPN broadcast. Uh, Richard Jefferson uh, or Beth Moens, uh, I believe, asked you uh, during the broadcast 
what you were, you know, where you were targeting in terms of your date and you, you kind of let them know you, you let them know that you just did one-on-ones for the first time last week. So mm-hmm. what's the deal? You, 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 you you're trying to guard job one-on-one? <laughs> I, no. Well, those guys who, aren't practicing who, much anymore. I'm not guarding those guys. Who are you guarding doing, one-on-one? Yeah. yeah we're doing some video, <laughs> we're doing video and video guys and assistant coaches and stuff like that. And then some of the guys that, that aren't playing as much will probably go up to that level. You know, with the rookies and stuff like that, uh, Jake LaRavia, Vince Williams, uh, those guys, I kind of play my position. But right now, working on video room guys, me getting comfortable doing it first before I step up to those other guys. And that's also, you know, because it, it's all a lot of it is reteaching yourself and also just not being scared to get in a stance or stopping and going or getting off the floor quick to contest or rebounding or going for a block shot. Or, you know, when a guy gets close to the basket, he's up under you. Are you going to be able to stay, stay low in a stance? You know, that type of thing. So I'm getting used to doing that with playing certain guys. And I will have to shout out Dave McClure, who uh, has been giving Dave me Dave McClure. Why do I know that? I know that name. He's a Dukey. He went to Duke, man. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. Yeah. We played all through high school. This guy was one of the first guys ever bust my ass in high school. And even Duke, we had some battles here and there. And now, you know, it only makes it worse when you get your ass busted by a Dukey. So, you know, the first game, it was it was a good one. The second one, you know, he busted my ass. So it was a wake-up call. But, you know, I had to get my stuff. I got to get my, my, my ish together, man, and, and make sure I bounce back. It was a wake-up call. I think he took the first one-on-one personally. And the second one, it, it definitely didn't go in my favor. But we got another one coming up, I think, tomorrow as well. So we're working on that for the next couple of days. And then hopefully we said we'll change up the matchups, the lineups of how we're doing it. But get more comfortable, and then we work our way up to three-on-threes, and then work our way up to five-on-fives. But we got some time. Yeah, what a way to to get your to get your competitive juices flowing than going one on one with the former Duke basketball player. That's yeah, well done, <laughs> well done. Yeah, I like that. Damn, that um, hurt my confidence. <laughs> but you need yeah. that, you know. You need yeah, that. for you know, sure. Like, yeah, it was fun. It's been fun, man. We're two older guys now. It's like, damn, Dave, we've been doing this for twenty years. Two older guys now going at it, like. I, I know that I'm still capable. I'm like, I know I feel, I look crazy out here. We feel old. We're old as shit out here playing one-on-ones. And this is neither one of our games. But, you know, it's the process. Exactly. You know, we're, we're getting through it and it's been fun, but it's been necessary. And it's been helping me a lot, especially getting comfortable of getting off the floor, you know, doing certain things and, and stopping and going and changing direction. For sure. Uh, okay. So we're obviously, you know, encouraged by where you are right now and continue to hope that you make continued progress uh, with your injury recovery. Um, and it look, it makes me think back to another person that you played with that went through some injury issues and also went through some other issues as well. Ben Simmons, pulling back the curtain, just going back through the year. Uh, obviously, uh, a majority of your last year was had to do with Ben Simmons being active, inactive, eventually traded. Eventually, at one point, we, you and I talked about this as this current NBA season started, that think the fun and jokes as it pertains to Mr. Ben Simmons are going to come to an end here soon. Eventually mm-hmm. he's going to get right. I just watched them play the C- Cleveland Cavaliers Monday night. Nets got the dub. They're on a hot little win streak. Ben Simmons, I saw him the other night, hit an in and out hook shot with the right. Again, Danny, I think it's over for the Ben Simmons jokes. I mean, obviously he's still going to be in a, under a crazy microscope when playoffs hit, but Ben is hooping again. And I think he's yeah. fitting in very well with the Brooklyn Nets. What are your thoughts on what you're seeing? Well, I think the fact that they're winning, it's, it quiets all of that. It doesn't matter how well or how how well he's pooping or how poorly he's hooping. I think he had that one stretch that he needed to quiet the people. You know, he played well enough. He had an injury, sat out for a little bit, and now he's back. But 
you know, they're winning games. You know, Kyrie's playing well. Katie's playing. They're all playing well. They have TJ Warren back now who's been playing really well. Um, happy to see him, you know, back on the floor because he was averaging like 40 in the bubble. Unbelievably. Got a chance to spend some time with him this summer, um, you know, throughout the fashion weekend and stuff like that. So it was good to see him hooping and playing well. But, you know, those guys are playing well and they're winning games. So as much as they're as long as they keep winning, he won't have to worry about any of the noise. And he said he's playing pretty good bad batch of basketball right now. Um, especially since that 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 start, he had that one you know brief uh once say brief he had a one little phase where he went through pretty well. He has a he kind of obviously he wasn't playing for well, so it got even more quiet. But the fact that they're winning, if they were losing games, of course they're gonna look at somebody to blame. There's nobody to blame right now, and the fact that he's playing pretty decent basketball help, helps a ton. Yeah, for sure. He's uh he's hoping. I think the fun and games are pretty much over. The microscope will be back for sure because he's yeah, Ben Simmons. <laughs> and microscope doesn't escape uh, just yeah. on a break for now. But uh, I think he's hooping. I think you, as I've watched him play, there is just a level of confidence um, that just it feels like I haven't seen it in a very long time, if ever, um, mm-hmm. with the way that he's also trying to score the ball as well when the opportunity presents itself. So interesting team to see. Uh, unfortunately, you're not playing them again for the rest of the season, but uh, I'll keep my eye on them again. Uh, we'll see what happens with them. Okay, so he also left, again, just trying to go back to everything that you've been connected to throughout the course of the year. Um, obviously, he left the Philadelphia 76ers. The Philadelphia 76ers, in my opinion, Danny, are just in the same predicament as the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. Very talented team with a great big man. And throughout the course of time here, um, especially with trades, both teams made trades during the offseason for some defensive pieces that could also shoot well. Denver gets KCP, who's absolutely shooting the leather off Lights the ball out. right now. And we all know that he could play defense. They also got Bruce Brown as well, who's a very well-known defender. And he's actually he's, he's had his moments offensively as well. Uh, you look at the Philadelphia 76ers, obviously traded to get the Anthony Melton. Uh, obviously, we know him as a good defensive guard. Uh, and he's actually been shooting the rock really well. They also traded for P.J. Tucker, another really good defender who's not getting a lot of shots up. And I know Sixers fans are mad about that, but he is playing defensive. Yeah, he is playing. Yeah, he is playing. Yeah, he's also uh, playing good defense. And he's a reason why they're a good defensive team. And they're the re- and he's the reason why uh, Denver has had some good defensive moments. I say mm-hmm. all that to say part of the reason why. Philadelphia is playing great defense. And part of the reason why Denver has had great defensive moments is because they're not fully healthy. When mm-hmm. these teams get healthy, they are confronted with big time issues. Uh, Denver, sure. I don't think it is as much because you're not, you're going to play Jamal Murray uh, and you're also going to play Michael Porter Jr. It's just not a question, um, mm-hmm. not a question at all. But there's this conversation now with the Philadelphia 76ers. And, you know, it's something that I felt was a little bit more, it was an issue last year, but I think it's even more prevalent now. When Tyrese Maxey and James Harden in the same backcourt, yes, they're a great offensive pairing. You know, we would still say that they maybe are not maximizing their abilities out there offensively, but they're, they have a ceiling defensively when they mm-hmm. pl- decide to play those two. Yeah. Conversely, if you decide to play more DeAnthony Melton, more P.J. Tucker, and and maybe more Matisse Thibel and you kind of shake Milton, shake Milton. And you, yeah. And you decide to not play Harden and Maxi as much together. You have a better defensive team. And somebody actually asked Doc Rivers about that. 
um, bringing Tyrese Maxey off the bench as a sixth man. I was surprised. Oh, we actually got to this point. Maybe the the the, the star dust has kind of faded on Tyrese Maxey because it felt like last year that was you, you can't even fathom asking that question. But mm-hmm. it was actually asked to Doc Rivers. I think ESPN also threw a little bit of fire on the flame with it this past weekend during Christmas Day. Jalen Rose and Stephen A. Smith said that Tyrese Maxey is the Sixers' second best player and said you can't bring him off the bench. He's their second best player. Their words, not mine. (laughs) I ask you, Danny, how do you evaluate the decision that is in front of Doc Rivers? I think it's it's no question. They're a better defensive team without starting those two. But you're not maximizing the offense, potentially, uh, if you don't start those two. You're not a head coach, but for right now, you are Doc Rivers. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I was about to say that. There's a reason why they pay that guy the big bucks, and the reason why my suggestions go in the suggestion box and usually get torn (laughs) up and thrown out. They don't listen to him because, you know, if you ask me, I'm more defensive-minded type of guy. You know, and before we even got James, before Ben and all that happened, and when Ben was sitting out and playing or not playing, you know, I thought it was like, all right, this is a better balance. It's too late now, I think, to to put Tyrese off the bench. He just shown too much. He's too good. But before he was starting, I thought that was the time to do it. And it was, I think, we still had Seth at the time. It was either, you know, bring him or Seth to put him and Seth together in the starting lineup. I think it hurt us defensively. In my mind, I was like, you know what, let's have me and Matisse on the wings. And you have Tobias to score, Joel to score, and either Tyrese at the point or Seth at the point. And you bring one or more off the bench. But, obviously... I didn't bring that to Doc, but I just thought, you know, that would be a great lineup defensively. It would help us. It would balance us, and we'll have some scoring off the bench. And we even traded for James. I was like, at that point, even Tyrese, young kid, very humble, was like, why why are we playing this together? He's like, why don't I just come off the bench? I'm like, Tyrese, you're too good now. At this point, you've shown too much. You're averaging 20 a game since James has been here. How can I say, oh, we got this kid. He's so good. We're just going to bring him off the bench. That makes no sense. I mean, you can. Um, but at that point, I felt, and I'm sure the coaches have felt, it was too late. He was like, you know, it, it, I play well with James, but, it, you know, it helps us with more scoring off the bench. We have no real bench coming off. It was me, Drummond, and, you know, somebody else. We didn't have any scoring. And I'm like, I'm not the guy to help the scoring load in the bench, nor my point guard or facilitator. Drum, you know, he needs another point guard facilitator. And I guess they've split time with Tyrese and, and, and James a little bit. Um, but we didn't have a lot of bench scoring, and we struggled. And defensively, it was me, I think Matisse started, but me and Matisse coming off the bench most of the time, and we had just one main defender. And one guy on defense can't carry the whole load. Matisse, how, how good he was, he couldn't carry the whole defensive load by himself in the starting group. Neither could I myself. So I was like, you know, it helps us both if we do it that way. Um, but it is an interesting predicament Doc is in. And suggestion-wise, I really don't have many because it's hard with that lineup to say. It's just going to be hard to juggle all those guys because Shake can score the ball very well, so can Mel, but Mel can play defense. And, you know, Tyrese and James, those are four point guards that can score the ball very well. And to juggle that is going to be, you know, a tough – that's why they pay him the big bucks. And honestly, I really don't know what route to go. You can go any route, but I would say, you know um, – I like to have the mix of the. I'm sure, they would probably play three of them together. You have Tyrese, you have James, and you know, DeAnthony Melton probably with Tobias and Joel, and then they probably go like that. Have probably Shake, and you know, what's the name coming off the bench? I'm trying to think who else they might have. Well, PJ. Well, PJ. PJ. That's gonna be tough. Uh, it's gonna be very tough. But they're gonna probably. I don't know. Well, they'll probably mix up the lineups depending on how the who they play. You know, obviously. Joel and Tobias are a given. James is a given, and Tyrese. Those are four guys. That fifth one, 
If teams are smaller, they may go small with DeAnthony. They might keep PJ, um, but they'll have, you know, Shake coming off the bench with Melt and probably give him a different type of look. Um, but like I said, good thing I'm not a head coach. Good thing I'm still not there. Um, that is a that is a tough one to figure out. So they're on a seven, eight game winning streak right now. And you said that's when the problem comes in, when you have this much talent. It's a good problem to have, but this may be some of the issues they may have when they have everybody healthy just like Denver may have. And they just got Michael Porter Jr. back. Aaron Gordon's been balling. He's been hooping. Um, you know, Bowen's, Bones Highland's been hooping. So we'll see what both those groups do. Yeah, no, it's an interesting predicament. And it's when I, I'm not, again, I'm not a GM, but that's why prioritizing three and D players um, when you when you start to make your, put the roster together, makes your life so much easier because now you don't have to juggle personalities, mm -hmm. expectations, egos, egos. Hey, bro, this person can play. This person can score and they can play defense. They're getting more minutes than you or they're starting. Everything that he has is that with Tyrese, he's still a young player who is very humble, just wants to win. And he doesn't have mm. you know, that that I know of anymore yet. And he was very much with OK with doing it last year, which told me a lot it's about him as a person. You know, it was like, you know, this, this is this kid is a superstar, but he's a great, he's a great kid for him to be okay with, well, you know what, you know, why not just come off the bench? You have that, that may make it easier for Doc, but I don't know if Tyrese will tell them that, you know, but that, that's, that'll make things easier for him. It helps the situation easier when you have certain guys that are okay and comfortable and humble enough and put the team first. There's not many of those guys out there in this league anymore, but we will see how, you know, it all unfolds when it comes yeah, to that. For sure. I mean, you look at, you look at guys who are in his caliber, Jordan Poole, Mm -hmm. Tyler Hero, they still got their rookie max extension, even though they came off the bench. And I obviously that's, you know, I know everybody cares about, you know, winning, but I'm not going to be upset. Well, no, Tyler Hero starting. I think Tyler yeah, Hero wanted it. this, so he made it say, yo, I'm signed <laughs> back, but I want to start. I think Jordan Poole too, but I don't know. It's all Golden State. But I think Tyrese knows he can still get paid doing what he does. It's all sort of the ego thing. And a lot of those young kids are okay with it. Um, so there's not a lot of guys, especially that are older or more stuck in their ways or that are superstars, all-stars that are okay with coming off the bench. But that's the one thing that Philly and Doc has good going for them is Tyrese Maxey and his attitude toward the game. Yeah. Uh, as we look back through the year, uh, that actually just highlighted one of my favorite interviews. And maybe, Danny, I'll ask you to pick out one. Um, I think my still my favorite interview was Charles Barkley because Charles Barkley mm -hmm. is Charles Barkley. He's un, of course. He's, un, he's undefeated. But the best, um, the, the, the most bubbling personality, the most jovial personality, and the best, uh, let's say, mantra that I've learned from in this 2022 season of podcasting came from one, Tyrese Maxey. His mantra, his belief is getting 1% better every day. And damn, if you really focus on that quote once, uh, once a day, it's a really good way to live your life by. He's a young kid, but his but that mantra that he's living by, 1% better every day, so damn good. And I encourage um, anybody who's listening to this podcast who hasn't listened to that Tyrese Maxey interview, we try to do interviews that are not, you know, obviously they're current, but we like to make sure that they're evergreen enough so that you go back and listen to it. So if you want some laughs, you got to go back to Charles Barkley. But uh, I do think it is very, 
uh, inspirational to understand why Tyrese Maxey operates on the 1% better everyday mantra. And I think if you listen to it and try to apply it to your lives for 2023, uh, it will be very, very rewarding. Uh, Danny, I know we had a bunch of people on the show uh, throughout the course of 2022. Um, and I know you you want to shout out everybody, which we will. Uh, but if you could think back to one moment, one person, one quote, one interaction, what's the first one that comes to your mind? Man, there's so many people, man. Um, there is no one quote. There are a couple people, there are a couple interactions that I just love the energy. You know, George Niang, Tobias Harris from Philly mm. outside of Tyrese. Those are my other two guys that I always enjoy kicking with, hanging out with and chopping it up with. With the new team, I think just understanding and learning about Steven Adams was was un, you know a, a delight for me because you just don't know much about their culture, how they're doing things. And I talk to Steven every once in a while, but some of the questions you guys have, some of the research you guys have done um, opened up my eyes to a lot of things that you know going on that has happened in Steven's life. So um, I'm still looking forward to getting to know a lot of my other teammates here in, in Memphis. Uh, but those three other those three people that I just mentioned um, were great. And I said, obviously, the older guys that we've had, we've had Doc on, we've had Charles on. Those are great interviews as well. Um, so, yeah, be sure to check out all of them. But I think, you know, for my teammates, the favorite ones that I've got a chance to was it George, Tobias, Steven so far. And I also have, I love Jaron and, and Z, but the, uh, those three guys that I just mentioned are some of the favorite ones that I've had uh, this past year. Uh, also, too, I know a lot of people are probably still in their fantasy football uh, leagues. Hopefully you, you passed on and made it to the championship round. NFL is getting to the playoff season, so I know it's it's top on everybody's mind. Shout out to Devonta Smith, Eagles now second year wide receiver. Absolutely balling for my fantasy team right now. He's also been a former guest on the show. Uh, good kid and obviously a good football player because yeah, your boy he, he's who, is, he is balling is, for sure. He's, balling right now yeah uh, he's good yeah he's good he's he's got the goods for sure so uh with that also being said Danny I think that's actually going to take us to the end here um I oh uh, also too uh I guess we're getting close to New Year's uh there is um there is a, a tradition that I was put on to last year I kind of messed it up um, I'll, I'll tell you what it is and then, you know, we can go from there. So, uh, and, uh, I have a Dominican friend, shout out, shout out to Sid and Leo, my homies from LA, uh, who are from New York, but I knew them from LA. Uh, you put in 12, you put in for every month of the year, 12, mm -hmm. um, you put in a grape during the countdown. So 12, 11, 10, nine at each each time you put in a grape in your mouth you're supposed to eat it okay. well my dumb ass i didn't take the directions properly so <laughs> i put, of course not I put, I put the grape in my mouth held it and then put in another grape so at when it's time to like say happy new year i had just 12 grapes in my mouth like this in my mouth my, my cheeks are holding holding. Toe, like <laughs> yeah. a hamster like a damn yeah. 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 yeah i was doing people were like looking at me like what is he doing what is he doing <laughs> supposed to eat the grapes as you're yeah, supposed to eat the yeah. grapes yes but one thing uh it was uh, a great suggestion by my homegirl sid and i hope people kind of take this um with those 12 with those 12 grapes uh you're supposed to write out 12 things 12 things that you accomplished uh, during the new year, uh, or during this year that you are proud of. And then your 12 goals for the new year, uh, Sid, I didn't get to my, all of my 12 goals, 
but I got pretty damn close and I'm happy about that. So thank you for making me go through that exercise. That was pretty, pretty Good dope. Job, Sid. Yeah. Danny, I'm also, I'm curious now. Uh, we don't got time to do all 12, mm-hmm. but if you wanted to name your top three accomplishments, since you're a three point shooter, you got three rings. Let's do three, three things mm-hmm. that you're uh, happy with, with this past year and three goals for the new year. Oh, I mean, that's you don't got to do 12. You got, you got, you got time to yeah. do the whole 12. That's, to 12 that's six. You went three from the past year and three from the new year. Well, for the new year, one is get healthy. Two, um, obviously play, play for, play in the playoffs, play for a championship. Hopefully that's, that's the goal. Win a championship, win another championship. Three um, is to be back into a, hopefully be back in Memphis or a city or a team like Memphis to where, you know, we have a good group. I would say be back with Memphis, honestly. So one, get healthy. Two, play for a championship. Three, it'd be nice to come back to a, a city and a team like Memphis that, you know, really believed in me, appreciated me and, and wanted me here. And he said, hopefully things gel and go right. You never know how things are going to happen. But so those are three things for the new year for me. Uh, three things that I was happy about that I accomplished last year. Man, uh, one was get my Toronto ring. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> two, uh, man, because I mean, I said we played in Philly, played in the play. We've got hurt in the playoffs, but I guess two was to be back. I guess in the NBA, it's tough to say. Just be back in the NBA. But you, but were, you were back to yourself. Yes, getting getting back to myself. But you know, three getting getting with a team um, after injury and, and just you know mm-hmm. uh, being a part of a roster, being a part of an organization uh, that actually wanted me and seeing the value in me. So that that was something that I was very happy about. Um, to you know, from this past year, and said that uh, seeing the same vision or seeing the same. Uh, goals that I had and believe that I can achieve those goals, the ones that I have set out for myself and for the team. So um, those are definitely three things, pretty much the same things as the future, but, you know, they kind of go yeah. hand in hand. Uh, I I will say, so I'm, I'm making a, I'm making a new, I'm making a new rule, Danny. Um, yeah. uh, so we're starting a new rule. Obviously we will have the new, we will do this podcast next year and we'll do it through next year because one, we like doing this podcast stuff. And two, um, why not? Uh, here's what I'm going to do, Danny. And first of all, thank you to everybody again who's who's listened to the podcast. I've gotten a number of DMs uh, over the past month or so, especially after the Stephen Adams interview. A lot of people are enjoying the show. I don't respond to them all, don't have the time, but I see them and you are appreciated. Here's what I'm going to do, Danny. And this is my uh, semi-motivational way to inspire people in the new year. Make your list of 12 things that you have accomplished this year. And when we do our end of the year recap next year, also send us your list of 12 things that you would like to accomplish. If you accomplished all 12 things, send that send that picture of that document that you had, send it to Danny and I, and Danny and I will formally congratulate you with some type of gift. Don't know what the gift will be? Put yourself in the running for it. And also, even if you don't put yourself in the running, you also accomplished 12 things that were on your goal list. Signed That's, jersey, uh, maybe. Signed shoes. Or maybe they can make some suggestions e- on gifts that they're looking for. We'll see. E- but here's the thing. Even if you don't end up getting the gift courtesy of Inside the Green Room, mm-hmm. you accomplish the 12 things on the list, which That's is true. pretty damn cool. That's so, a gift yeah, in itself. That is a gift in itself. 12 things you're, you're grateful for, 12 things you'd like to accomplish. 
get it done before the new year. I think you will find yourself very rewarded by the end of it all. Danny, uh, any last words before we get out of here? Read, rate, subscribe, review. We appreciate you guys. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. And have a happy new year. We'll see you guys in the new year or maybe before then. So we'll see. But happy holidays. Hope you enjoy your loved ones. And we will see you guys on, on the flip side or maybe in the new year. Hey, DJ, I will say this, though, before we get out of here. We need to start making some inside the green room blankets. It's colder than a mug, bro. Man, cold fronts <laughs> everywhere, pimp. Cold fronts Cheers. everywhere. Yeah, a little <laughs> green room inside the green room. Snuggies or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the snuggie. Bring back the snuggie. Yeah, I'm with it. All right, y'all. Uh, a pleasure. Until next time. Until next year. Deuces.